and welcome to the Logistics Tribe podcast. I'm Boris Felgendreyer, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today's episode is hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Marco is a real geek when it comes to technology that enables logistics operations and processes, so this episode about 5G technology, of course, is right up his alley. Better yet, his guest today is Stefan Wimmer. Stefan is managing partner at Baifu, a German company that offers independent advice and services in the area of industrial 5G radio networks. So if you want to learn about 5G and how that technology will impact logistics and supply chain, this is the right deep dive for you. I personally learned a ton from this podcast and I hope you will too. Enjoy. Hi Stefan, welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Good to have you on the show. My pleasure, Marco. Good to good to hear uh, hear you too. How are you? Fine, thank you. Yeah, we wanted to have you to um, to talk a little bit about 5G. It's in everybody's mouth and everybody's talking about it. Um, but we would like to actually dig a little bit deeper on it. Um, and therefore, we, we have a real expert here, uh, as Boris al also already mentioned in the intro. And uh, Stefan, but I would like to start with a little bit of a historical overview. Actually, what, what was the development um, of cellular networks and, and uh, what was the way actually to 5G? Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. First of all, it's it's really my pleasure having this podcast today, Marco. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, Marco, that all started in 1992, yeah, with with the first digital cellular network, which we which we better known as GSM. And actually, at this year, at that time, I started working in that business as a young man, still still with hair on my head. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was I was I was there at at T-Mobile, which was a subsidiary of Group Deutsche Telekom, and doing the frequency uh, planning around the first digital uh, networks. Yeah, uh, and then and then it it really ramped up massively. Yeah, so in '95 we had the first F SMS sent out. In '97 the first prepaid was was launched. And uh, yeah, almost 10 years later in 2000, we had the first UMTS network uh, uh, up and running. And this this actually was the starting point uh, for mobile internet over the air because UMTS just provided much more bandwidth uh, to the mobile device. UMTS, by the way, is also well known as, as the 3G, so the third generation of, of cellular networks. Already 2006, we, we, we had to break even by having 85 million mobile lines live, and uh, which which uh, is is the same as many as residents in the country of Germany, yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, in the same year, um, also 4G, better known as LTE, was getting standardized, um, meaning there was a f for the first time a worldwide uniform standard available, which brought nameable advantages for both the developers and the users because as, as you might remember when, when when you travel to asia or in the us yeah you always had to be uh, you had to switch uh, and you had to switch yeah. your phones and stuff mm -hmm. like that um by by launching lte it was just history yeah um, mm -hmm. and that's that's meant by saying it, there was uh, advantages for the users as well um yeah that that all happened 2006 uh, 2010 then followed the kickoff of lte in germany which brought us tremendously new new capabilities in terms of 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 of, of uh, data bandwidth and, and bringing more and more mobile internet um, on on the user's device. 
Nine years later, so last year, we had the kickoff of 5G in Germany, uh, also internationally standardized uh, as LTE. But that's not all. Around 5G, you know, a large number of Euro European nations agreed on a harmonized frequency band for the use of 5G. So this band is placed in between of 3.4 to 3.8 gigahertz. And this is important because um, manufacturers will now be able to reach a wider range of customers, you know, with one standard. And this will have positive effects on the prices, among other things. Um, it is very important to add that in addition to the US and UK, Germany has embarked on a path that opens up new opportunities for the industry in particular. Uh, indeed, the German regulator, so the Bundesnetzagentur, has decided that one-fourth of this spectrum will be made available to the industry so that companies can set up and operate their own private mobile network. And this was a breakthrough and brand new because this happened before in the past. And this has been absolutely recognized worldwide and has not been changed in this form. So that's saying we have a handful of countries out in the world, so like, like the US or UK mm -hmm. and Germany as well, who offer the industry private spectrum for their own private networks. But that's not for all the countries. Uh, it's only for certain countries that, that this is possible? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Because the Bundesnetzagentur, uh, so uh, first of all, the European Commission started <clears throat> Important for us is that we get a harmonized band. Mm -hmm. But how to bring this band to the, to the people is in charge of the national regulatory authority. Yeah? And for Germany, they said, okay, our way is like that in, 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 in this band. So other countries uh, went, went a different way. But the good thing is, Marco, we have um, beside that band in between of 3.4 to 3.8, another band coming across, which is called the millimeter wave band, which is which takes place in the 26 gigahertz area. And as, as far as I follow the discussion and development on that point is that many countries will follow that path to make millimeter wave band available to a broader audience that it was in the sub six gigahertz mm -hmm. band. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. all in all, quite positive development. Yeah. While I'm talking, I, I just recognize I'm really getting older, aren't I? Because uh, it's it's uh, where, where we've been. You followed it right from the beginning, beginning right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, really from kickoff with, with the first digital networks. And interesting is that at the end, each decade has its own mobile technology and is still moving. Yeah. So, for, for example, mm -hmm. last week, I joined my first 6G summit where we talked about the first ideas around 6G, and I expect that that will come around in, in okay. nine, 10 years from now. And did you connect already with 5G with that summit? <laughs> 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 to talk about 6G then? Okay, no, interesting, but we, we, we will come to that later, how, how the future will be like. Okay. Um, so very interesting developments here. And um, to 
be a more, little bit more specific on the technical terms and issues and specifications. So what are the, the real differences uh, um, and the, the advantages of 5G now over LTE, so over the, uh, the fourth generation? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's indeed a, hu a huge range. I, I'm not sure whether this podcast should, should take us uh, three hours or so, but uh, I, I try <laughs> to keep it short because, you know, 5G offers a maximum of advantages comparing to, to all what we have seen before. So the, the most prominent thing is that 5G offers several improvements in terms of data rate, coverage, and re reliability. Yeah? So, so one of the main reasons for switching to 5G is just the increasing number of smart user devices. This could be a smartphone, but also sensors, as we all know un, 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 under the buzzword IoT, so Internet of mm -hmm. Things. And they have a growing hunger for data, those, those mobile devices. So you mean on the, on the first hand, um, it's about uh, connectivity to multiple or more users than before? Yeah, absolutely. Time. And, and mm -hmm. the data hunger. I, imagine what, mm -hmm. what, what you are doing now on a daily basis with your smartphone. Mm -hmm. you're, you're consuming massive data. And, in, and if I see the reports of, of my son, who is 14 years old, <laughs> how much bandwidth he consumes on, on a regular uh, day, that's, that's really unbelievable. Never thought about it five years ago. Yeah? And existing LTE networks, for instance, will not longer be able to handle this increasing uh, data traffic in population centers alone. So 5G delivers the, nece the necessary performance and set new technical standards. Um, compared so compared to its forerunner LTE, five mm -hmm. G is initially much faster. But the good thing is that speed is not <clears throat> only one advantage of five G. The focus is uh, particularly on the possibility of connecting many more user devices than before, and prospectively in real time. Perspective. Do, do you got a, a rough number or comparison on that, Stefan? So, so how many more users uh, per cell or whatever? Uh, how is I don't know how it is defined, but what what is it? Is it a factor factor of, of twofold or tenfold? I don't know. I have no imagination on that. So five G is standardized in in three different uh, as as we call it releases. Yeah, uh, two already are, are 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 done, which was released fifteen and sixteen. Uh, mm -hmm. In in fifteen, we were talking about the, the the massive data throughput. Release sixteen was defined as the reliability of the network and the 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 low latency standards, and the next one which will which will be likely standardized in 2022, is taking care about the so-called massive machine type communication, MMTC. And with that, we, we are able to, to handle 100 times more user devices on the same area. So just comparing oh, wow. apples with apples. Yeah. So it's not even a factor of 10, it's a factor of 100 more. Okay, that's, that's really a huge leap. Yeah. And also, also from the data, data throughput, because I already mentioned 5G is much faster than, than LTE. Um, I mean, you know, already the jump from 3G to 4G was enormous. And today's LTE networks have an output of, let's say, 500 to 1000 megabits per second or one gig. Yeah. So 5G, on the other hand, will deliver a good one to three gigabits in the first phase. 
already in the first phase because we all have to understand 5G started, but the development isn't finished at all. So we are expecting in the near future a data throughput of 10 to 20 gigabits over the air. And this would represent an improvement by a factor of 10 to 20, even mm -hmm. measured against today's fastest LTE network. Mm -hmm. And the third mm -hmm. and the third massive advantage, if I can add this in a, in, a, in, a, in a minute, is just the topic about the latency. So latency mm -hmm. describes the time what the signal needs to be transferred from A to B. And if we're talking about real-time communication in terms of autonomous driving yeah, for robotics or cars, we need to have something lower than five milliseconds maybe two milliseconds. And the only technology today which is able to provide those numbers are fiber optics. So mm -hmm. the classical uh, fiber optic connection from A to B, this is where we see five to, to, to uh, sorry, two to five milliseconds. Yeah? So mm -hmm. with 5G and based on, 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 on the standards, we will reach this not today, but in the near future. Uh, and some of the developers hope to reach one millisecond over the air, which is which is a tremendous uh, improvement. Oh wow! Let let me jump in here a little bit, Stefan, because what does that exact, exactly mean? That means if you send a message to a robot on on the shop floor or in logistics, yeah, that means that basically the, the reaction time uh, for the robot could be as low as one millisecond as he uh, uh, reacts then to this signal, right? That's correct. And, mm -hmm. and this is all possible due to the new architecture function of a 5G network. Because we, we, we never will, will reach those numbers if we will, will handle a signal like we used to handle it the last 30, 40 years. Because every signal so far was created on the smartphone, let's say, and transported through the entire network to the other smartphone or modem. But this is not necessary. So why should I transport a signal from A to B if you are sitting directly next to me? That doesn't make mm -hmm. sense to send a signal from, from Munich to Hamburg, for instance, and, and, and back. And this distance all is bad for, for the latency and the signal mm -hmm. run trip time. And the 5G architecture offers, offers a, a great opportunity to make a split between the control plane and the user plane. What does that mean? So control plane is responsible for the control of the network, where you, where, where you say, okay, I will do the SIM card authentication. I, I will do the, the network slicing configuration, the quality of service configuration. So all, all the overall necessary uh, adjustments and configurations for the network. But mm -hmm. the control plane, and this is new on 5G, we separate it from from, from uh, sorry, the user plane is separated from the control plane if, if we want. Mm -hmm. So we can we can keep the, the control traffic, the user traffic, the data traffic on premise. And if, for example, uh, if, if we step into V2X communication between two AGVs, mm -hmm. we need to have close to real-time communication. So the idea mm -hmm. is that one AGV sends, sends the signal to another AGV without going to many different network elements. Yeah? And based mm -hmm. on this architecture, it is possible to reach close to near time, uh, close to 
real-time uh, communication. Yeah? Okay, one question on that, Stefan. Does that mean that the latency is basically connected uh, to the distance uh, of the two users? Um, so that if the one user is, let's say, if we are in the same cell, uh, connected to the same cell, then we can reach a latency of one millisecond. But if the one is in, in, in South Africa and the other one is in Germany, then you would have more latency. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. And this is simple physics, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, we <laughs> can't change that. <laughs> well, well uh, we, we cannot trick uh, Albert Einstein. Yeah? That's not possible. Yeah? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Okay. So, uh, and on the latency part, is there any, uh, what is the latency of, of LTE? So just to compare it a little bit, is this uh, also in the, in the 50 milliseconds range or 100 milliseconds? Uh, LTE in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, you can count some, somewhere in between of 10 to 50 milliseconds, 10 mm -hmm. to 50 mm -hmm. milliseconds. We did some with my company, Uh, Baifu, we did some proof of concept, for instance, together also with, with BMW, and, and we measured the latency times based on LTE, and we reached we reached re really solid 16 up to 20 milliseconds. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is mm -hmm. great in either way, but unfortunately not sufficient for for for, robots, for, for doing yeah. real time communication. Uh, yeah. Uh, services, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, That's very impressive. So we are on a hundredfold uh, increase of uh, 5G in, in terms of devices connected yeah. for one cell. Yeah. We are in a 10 to 20-fold increase of throughput. Correct. And we are in a 10 to 50 range of uh, in uh, regarding to latency. You're right. So... Okay. Well, that's very interesting. And you were talking before about um, that, it, that a company could set up its own network. Um, I think uh, it's called a campus network. And that si seems to be very interesting or it sounds very interesting. Who are the typical buyers for that and, and uh, how does that work? So the typical buyer for that, of course, is, is an industry company. Yeah? So, but what we, what we did is we, we elevated the market very closely. And so we, 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 we found some segments. Uh, they, are, they, they, they really could benefit from a, from a mobile private network based on 5G. So this could be, for example, the production industry, the logistic industry, the manufacturing industry. Um, Those are the classical companies or, or airports or harbors, mines and stuff like that. They are running for private spectrum. There are other areas. They also want to benefit from the 5G capabilities, but more in terms of the capabilities, not in terms of having a private network. This could be, for example, a classical city network if, 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 a, if a city would like to run autonomous uh, public buses to transport uh, the, the people from A to B. Yeah? So coming back to your question, it's the classical industry. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there is a massive run on that. Yeah? And, and still Corona, unfortunately, has once again very clearly pointed out the gaps and necessities on that, on that point. In general, all about digitalization. And, and what we found out is that Many, many companies, they, they, they are running POCs or proof of concepts, yeah? P 
POCs. Mm -hmm. They are running, they are running different small and tiny digitalization projects or ideas. But in general, the, the broad digitalization strategy for the, for, for, for the company to feed the, the, the hunger and the requirements of the specific company. Uh, is not really, really working well as, as as we understand and what what we have seen so far. Yeah, and with that, five G offers now the the companies the the foundation for for setting up the digital strategy ac uh, across the, the the entire company. Yeah, and uh, the question might be also uh, how how will this work? How how will a company? can can come to to its uh, private network yeah how, how can i do that i i only th i thought that this is always set up some by some big telecommunication provider or something yeah so first of all if we are talking about private networks again we have to decide between a mobile network operator the mno which are typically companies like vodafone telefonica group deutsche telecom so companies who who are providing Uh, mobile connectivity to public based on a licensed spectrum. On the other hand, if you're talking about private networks, we are absolutely isolated by saying you, as Marco Brügelmeier, if you want, you can install your private 5G network in your house at home. You have the right for doing this and you get protection from the regulatory authority that you can exclusively use that reserved spectrum for your own premise. So first of all, there is a, a, a huge protection behind it. And if we, mm -hmm. so, so, but nevertheless, what, what you have to do to get your private network, you have to knock on the regulator store to the Bundesnetzagentur and have to ask for your private spectrum. And to give you a feeling about that, because this is also a, a super positive thing, um, On, on a classical blueprint compost network, we estimate something around 50,000 square meters. And if you want to have the spectrum for this compost size, make a guess, how much do you have to pay for, for, for an exclusive 10 year use, Marco? Make a guess. Paul, for the regulation for the, for the uh, Bundesnetzagentur. Okay, I would guess for probably several thousand or even 10,000 euros, maybe. Yeah, it's only 1,250 euros for a plant with 50,000 square meters where you can use exclusively a spectrum of 100 megahertz. I mean, that's nothing. Oh, yeah. That cheap? Okay. <laughs> It is that cheap. So first of all, try, no, not try, make sure to get your spectrum because you have a right to get your spectrum, yeah? So the other things are, are quite regular. I, there is no difference more or less uh, when, when you compare it to LTE or Wi-Fi. So you, for, for the planning, for the procurement, construction and operations of a campus network, uh, there are a number of companies where these specific services can be uh, contracted. Yeah? And in order to proceed the right things and allow me this, A consultation EG from my company should be used, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, overall, it can be observed that 5G campus networks are um, on the way to becoming as easy to operate as Wi-Fi networks. So no need to get nervous. It's it's at the end easy, easier that, that may be expected from the listeners out there. Uh, don't get nervous. So it's it's not rocket science, you know, and, and all the new players on the market, 
they design their, their, their product and solutions that it really becomes easy as Wi-Fi. Yeah? So you don't have to be a telecommunication expert with 30 years of experience. If you can, if you and your IT department in your company are able to handle a Wi-Fi network, you should be able to handle a 5G network as well. And this is the good news. Mm -hmm. And can you say a word on in, in terms of uh, the duration? So how long does it take uh, to get my own network? Is it a process of several months or, or weeks or years? <laughs> What is it? I mean, you know, Marco, we, if, 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 if we are talking about a, a big enterprise with, with, uh, with uh, several uh, sites across the country or Europe or something else, you, you have to set up a, a much wider idea of digitalization, yeah? To, to, to ask yourself, how yeah, will sure. I integrate my, 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 my different sites and stuff like that? But make it, make it more easy. Just, just fall back on the 50,000 square meter approach, yeah? Mm -hmm. Let's say, okay, we have one customer, we maybe have one hall mm -hmm. uh, with, with indoor and outdoor coverage. So, so, And if you run a fully procurement process, I think it should be able to 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 reach the goal in a period of nine months from the from the early beginning, from the idea until until you can switch to integration. All right. Um, thank you very much for that insight. So um, what do you think? Because you, you are in a, a dedicated logistics and supply chain community here. Where is the where do you see the most impact on logistics and supply chain? Mm, good question. Um, let me summarize it like this. So, with with help of Compass Networks, and and I had loads of of conversation with logistics and inter logistic companies. Yeah, um, they seek for real time steering and monitoring or control solutions for the logistic processes in a hub or in a warehouse, and this can be set up and managed highly efficiently. So what, what people and companies are requesting is at the end a decentralized control of the processes mm -hmm. and an autonomous execution and decision relevant information to have available at all times. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means I take, I take the example of Amazon during the Corona crisis. Yeah. Why, mm -hmm. why, why made they such a good job? Because they were able to react very fast on the local needs. Mm -hmm. In country A, we're different to country B and so on. Yeah. And this flexibility and the time to market, this is breakthrough in, 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 in my opinion. So I say, okay, we have a decentralized execution and control to autonomous feed the requirements from the customers and Another topic is that the combination of several use cases along the value chain leads also to a significant return on invest. So the required network te uh, technology for, for logistic companies depends on the number of integrated devices and services. And today, the classical use cases in logistics are what, what, what I have learned from, from this industry. First, it is the, the HEV. Yeah. So mm -hmm. just for picking and, and, and stacking items. Second is the digital inventory. So classical warehouse management, receipt booking and stuff like that. 
Third is the enabled workforce. So maintenance apps, truck management. Fourth is smart operations. So real-time monitoring and machine control. And lastly, what I think there's a massive, a massive boom on that is the, is the augmented and virtual reality assistance. So smart mm -hmm. tools um, for, for instance, for installation and repairs. Yeah? So mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. necessary at the end to define the midterm targets for a company in order to make the most efficient use of existing resources and competences in close coordination with the strategic directions. Focus on growth, focus on efficiency, focus on uh, sustainability, and at the end, focus on quality. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, you mentioned some good examples uh, out of the logistics world, Stefan. And, and I assume that because we were talking before about 5G and the advantages of 5G and and especially on the latency uh, aspect, which, which was very uh, interesting. And you mentioned AGVs and you mentioned uh, AR glasses, huh? for example. I assume that there the latency issue is very critical. And so 5G will, will bring a bit a big leap on that. Um, but does it always have to be 5G or uh, could I just start with LTE or what is your opinion on that? Or, or how do I decide what I need? I love this question, Marco, um, because, because I, I went through a learning curve on this question as well with my company and my, and, and my employees. When we, when we defined and, and, and designed our homepage, we were talking on our homepage about mobile private networks, MPNs, just to make sure that we are neutral in terms of the technology, right? Because we said mm -hmm. most of the use cases today out in the field can be handled based on LTE. There is no need for 5G. Yeah, like for the for the monitoring use case or something like that. Yeah, it's it's not a, a an, it's not about milliseconds there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe minutes. Yeah, that's but that's enough. Yeah. Exactly, and you know the point is that didn't work because 5G is the buzzword. That's it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so we changed everything to 5G. And now, and now, and now we have a huge customer base. But when we are in talks with our customers, yeah, then we then we recognize that per today, 2020, around 80% of the use cases can be can be built up and satisfied based on LTE technology. And by the way, you also are entitled and allowed to drive an LTE network under the same conditions as a 5G network. So you can also ask for your spectrum from the National Regulatory Authority. You also have the right and it'll be exclusively. Yeah. So the idea and based on a total cost of ownership perspective leads to the point saying LTE, as we learned at the very first beginning of this of this podcast, is out in the field since 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 uh, 10 years almost. Yeah. That means we have loads of, of vendors offering technology on that point and the price level is low 5g we have a few vendors and the price level is quite high at the moment so the idea behind this if you are a, a consumer an enterprise company who can live based on your requirements with lte we recommend start with lte and then do at the right timing 
the upgrade to 5G. And the good thing is, and this is really breakthrough information, the good thing is you don't have to substitute and get rid of the entire LTE network. You can do an upgrade on LTE. So the only thing what you have to do is upgrade the core area of your network. This is software. Mm -hmm. Update in or install in between the so-called control and distribution unit, which is just a controller, an, an industrial PC where, 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 where software is running on. And then add to your digital ecosystem where we started with LTE at this areas 5G where it is necessary. And as you have a huge experience in producing cars, I want to give you a, a, a better understanding what I mean. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you have a production hall, which is entirely covered with LTE. And then we have this little area in the production hall in the line at the end, where you have to fill up the latest software on the cars. Mm -hmm. You have round about three up to five minutes to install 30, 35 gigabits in two or three years from now. And for that, LTE is not sufficient, but 5G. Yeah, but it would it would just take more time, yeah. So uh, it's not it's not sufficient for the process, yeah. So time okay. what you don't have because you want to fire out every minute a new car, right? Yeah, so, right. So the point is, Marco, only for this dedicated area of the production line, we can add 5G capabilities to feed the hunger of the data throughput. Mm -hmm. So we have an, a digital ecosystem, a mobile ecosystem, where we can start at a lower la price level and then upgrade, scalable to 5G where it is necessary. And if we mm. and, and, and we did several TCO comparison, saying, okay, on the one hand, we, we would like to start with Wi-Fi 6, mm -hmm. or let's say have a hybrid approach starting with LTE to 5G, what is the TCO advantage? And in every case i had under my control we saw that the tco for an lte upgrade 5 to 5g case is much 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 more attractive than wi-fi 6 with all the capabilities mm -hmm. you, you you also earn mm -hmm. all right that's really great news so that means that uh, coming back to the to the logistics use case if i'm have i'm i'm taking a look at all my monitoring use cases and tracking use cases and so on yeah. everywhere where i don't need real latency or throughput uh, uh, massive throughput i could really live with a lte campus network i would say and so on, yeah. and only in those areas where i have the massive throughput like, for example, I have a, a fleet of AGVs running around. They are anyways, no, no AGVs anymore. They are AMRs, so they are have some kind of autonomous uh, uh, driving in there. Um, so they, they get along very well on the shop floor. But at some points, I might want to do the, the software update for the AMRs. Yeah? And only in this area, I would install 5G. So did I get this right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And and also a good thing is if 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 you have a whole logistic hall, let's say ten thousand square meters, you even have to bring five G to the entire hall, right? Just mm -hmm. just just define a, a little corner in this hall where you have five G capabilities. And if you want mm -hmm. to add new software on the HEV, you 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 trust the 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 HEV in this area, 
and, 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 and gets the data shower for the new software. And then the AGV is good to go with, with, with the new tool set. Yeah. So you can, that, what, what I'm saying, Mark, is you can gamble around. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to invite the listeners. Don't get nervous. Yeah. Saying, Oh my God, I, I missed something around 5G. Yeah. Yeah. That is not the case. Yeah. Okay. But why would I do that, Stefan? Because, um, a lot, I think I, I assume a lot of people and, I did so myself, I have to uh, admit. Uh, they think, uh, why should I do that? Mess around with the old technology. I go on 5G right away. But I think it's a cost issue, right? It is, absolutely. So, so what is the ratio from, from, from the cost? Is there, is there a, a, a rule of thumb there uh, that, that you can, could give us? Uh, it's a factor of 1.5. Okay, so from LTE to a 5G factor 1.5, which is still good compared to all the upsides that are in the 10 to 100 fold range, but still, it's still a massive uh, and, um, and you know what? cost difference. And you know what, what, what I told you before about the different release cycles around 5G, yeah? Mm-hmm. We expect, the industry expects that we will reach a price level on 5G in 2025 on the same level what we have today on LTE. So mm-hmm. from now in four years, let's say. Um, I also told you that 5G started, but the standardization is not finished yet. Mm-hmm. So if there is no need for f- typical 5G capabilities, there is uh, no need to go for 5G at the moment. Huh? Uh, so. I think it's a good idea starting with LTE. The advantages comparing to Wi-Fi are good. Upgrade to 5G whenever it's necessary. And if you can if you can wait two, three, four years, you get the full-blown package. So you have all the, the major standards on 5G done, and you have a price level which is comparable to the to the LG, uh, sorry, the LTE price level what we have today. All right. Um, let's jump a little bit into the future. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of all future technologies and so on. What is the next step? You mentioned already 6G. Um, so I understood that it's not coming tomorrow or next year or something like that, yeah? because there are cycles of around seven to 10 years or so. But uh, what, is, what is the next thing that is coming? And what do you think are the next uh, big advantages that we will, we will get there? Yeah, so uh, I, I already mentioned it before. Um, so 5G today is happening in the so-called sub-6 gigahertz band. This is the area between 3.4 to 3.8 gigahertz. And we expect additional bandwidth in the so-called millimeter wave, which is in the area of 26 gigahertz. And this not in 10 years, not in five years, already next year. Yeah? So, and this will lift the possibilities of 5G to another level because the available bandwidth for industrial use cases will grow immen- uh, tremendously. Yeah? So we will have additional bandwidth where, where we, we, we can also exclusively use on the campus side. So, so, so this will be the first big, big move on 5G. Is it, is it again uh, a jump of a tenfold increase or something like that? Or are there some physical limits to that? What can we expect? 
as as mobile technology is physics, there are always <laughs> physical limits on that. Yeah, um, the more frequency you 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 have, the higher data throughput you can reach. But the the higher the frequency is, the less reach you can have. So mm-hmm. it's it's also a question of uh, where where can I use the millimeter wave, and where will I use the sub six gigahertz wave? But the good thing is that gives you a massive flexibility as well. I want to jump back on the example of the data shower for a car manufacturer. So if you have in your whole an LTE network and you will have the last finish line where you have the, uh, the, the software up, upload, where you have tremendous data throughput in, 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 in less than three minutes, I say, let's go for this small, tiny, dedicated area for millimeter wave, yeah, because this is absolutely sufficient and 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 it's done. Uh, to answer your question, what is the ratio where where twenty six gigahertz is better than than three point seven? Uh, I, I I really have to come back uh, to you on that. I don't have it in my mind at, at the moment. I'm sorry for that. Okay, no no problem. Okay. Um, Additional things with what will happen, I already mentioned, it is um, the, the further development of, of, of new uh, capabilities on 5G. So we had release 15 in 2018 and release 16 in this year, 2020. So again, there were the standards for mobile broadband, reliability and low latency. So, 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 so this is done more or less. Yeah. And the next big thing is the massive machine type communication, which is embedded in the release 17. And this will be the breakthrough for the internet of things. So for for industrial purposes, we call it the IIoT. And Mm -hmm. what does that mean in particular? So it is also based on the structure of the architecture of a 5G network. So those devices, those sensors, for example, will work much more uh, effective than than they're doing today. So this saves battery massively because they don't have to ask every every millisecond, hey, I'm still on life. Do do you have a job for me or something like that? Okay, yeah, that's interesting because battery lifetime is always something that logistics uh, is interested in because you want to have long battery lifetime on on your your, uh, load carriers or whatever where you have a sensor on. Yeah, and, and we can think it much wider, uh, Marco. If if I don't have to have to send a human to the sensor to change the battery on a huge plant, we are just saving FTE costs, right? So and and if if we are around and, and building up business cases and, and making total mm-hmm. cost of ownership, TCO comparison. Those are also the factors we will include in our uh, calculation, say, where is a, a HEV use uh, great and where not, yeah? So um, g- quite simple thing is you, you, you cannot imagine. I, I, I have one use case where, where a company is, is, is saying, okay, I have a problem. I don't know where my goods are. I know the container and the container number where the goods are in, but I don't know where this container really stands. So I, mm-hmm. I am sending around people with cameras and pencils and papers and writing up uh, the, the status <laughs> on this topic. Can we imagine that in, in 2020? Um, yeah. And there are, 
there are 80, 80 person, 80 humans around doing this job. Yeah. If we can do this on an HEV by side, you know, mm -hmm. an HEV is transporting goods from A to B. Just install some cameras on it yeah. and, and, and get that information collected. You can save 50 people. And so the use case is quite simple at that point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and I love the, the connection of the technologies that we will get there. Yeah, So connecting AGVs, connecting AR glasses and, and all, yeah, all, all the possibilities are there. So great. Uh, well, thank you very much for this uh, glimpse into uh, 5G and, and also the, the, the future possibilities that we have here. I think uh, it was very helpful for us and for our audience. Thank you very much, Stefan. It was really not my pleasure. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. We might, uh, when this episode comes out, we might post a, a LinkedIn uh, a link for the episode. And uh, if there are any questions now from the audience for Stefan, uh, I think you, you might be able to, to answer them or, or willing to answer them. Absolutely. Um, or, or as just, far as your time. Yeah, uh, or, or just visit, it, visit us on our homepage, www.bifu.de or send me an email. I'm uh, happy to answer your questions. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, Stefan. Stay safe. Bye-bye. All right. That was our Logistics Drive podcast deep dive into everything 5G and related technology. I hope you learned as much as I did today. If so, let other people know about this podcast. I promise that we have a long list of interesting guests and topics from the global world of logistics and supply chain coming up. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. Next week, I will have Eric Johnson from the Journal of Commerce on the show to talk about his favorite LogTech startups. Awesome episode. I hope you're tuning in. I'm Boris Felgendreher. Until next time.